0: You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going and break out of the box.
1: Welcome back everyone. I'm Jess Overton and you're listening to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out of the box approaches to marketing and growth. Today, I'm joined by Peter Fodor, founder and CEO at AppAgent. App Agent is an award-winning strategic and creative marketing partner for top mobile brands and game publishers. Peter, welcome.
0: Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, A pleasure. So we're going to talk today about the importance of storytelling. But before we do that, I'd like to hear a little bit about your story. So tell me where you started in app marketing and and what got you into it in the first place. Sure.
0: Sure. I think I can declare myself an industrial veteran because it's already 11 years since I started in mobile uh, and marketing communications graduate who spent first about 70 years uh, in a classic advertising business. But then I got fed up you know, with uh, the classic campaigns and like conservative approach uh, by our clients. So me and my co-founder started a games uh, studio in 2011. We reached about 80 million downloads with 12 apps and games. Uh, We got numerous featureings by Apple, Google, Amazon, et cetera. And thanks to my blog that I started writing back in 2011 as sort of like journaling of uh, my journey and uh, uh, the development in mobile marketing, a couple of fellow developers approached me around 2015 with the request to help them with their apps and games to bring them to the market and scale them, you know, and that's how basically App Agent started.
1: Very cool. So you actually, you're, you're translating your experience from, from a developer or from an actual, uh, you know, development house into, uh, uh, into the space to help other developers. Can you tell me then a little bit more about App Agent? How do you guys approach user acquisition?
0: Sure. Uh, So our approach is uh, very strategically oriented, I would say, and heavily focused on ad creatives, because there we see the biggest lever in UA today. We have two main offerings, ad and store creatives for top publishers, such as Supercell, Square Enix, Social Point, etc. And then the marketing offering is called UA and Growth Program, and that's an offering for scale-ups with verified product market fit. Uh, who look for uh, growth opportunities. So we help them uh, in three-month cycles to analyze the historical data, which is essential to understand the starting position and the potential. Then we have sort of scorecard with priorities. Uh, Then we execute. And after three months, we run a growth review, which is summary of the learnings and an outline for the next three-month cycle. So this is uh, what uh, we see working very nicely because it's holistic it takes into consideration things such as marketing analytics uh the brand and communication user acquisition conversion rate optimization in the store so it's really helping companies to resolve their growth needs very holistically
1: very cool well i i do want to get more into actually the 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 bits and bytes of how you guys do the work because that's really uh, what 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 I enjoy talking about really getting into the how tos and the best practices, mm-hmm. but I do want to start a little bit even before that. You know, before we get really into the nitty gritty in the, the sort of the higher level uh, uh, storytelling. That with with you know five million apps roughly in in the App Store in 2021 standing out from the crowd, I think is almost everybody in the industry would would would. Uh, uh, would agree that that is our you know major challenge in terms of user acquisition mm-hmm. getting noticed and you predicted that more sophisticated storytelling will take the mobile space like a storm in 2022. talk mm-hmm. to me about that what, what what do you mean by that
0: i believe it's a natural evolution uh and it comes with the need to stand out uh, from the crowd because if you imagine app store like walmart for example it's a huge marketplace uh, where consumer easily gets lost. There's so many choices, and strong brands and storytelling actually helps people to navigate and find the right product, be it an app or a game. You know, and uh, Chris Anderson, the guy behind the TED conference, explains in the opening chapter of his book how stories are like important for human race. It's how we learn, how we understand our world. And uh, stories are also very easy to remember. And I believe that, you know, 10, 12 years since the App Store opened with this tremendous competition, this is the way how to differentiate yourself and help the customer to find you and to give the consumer strong reason to invest their time and eventually their money into something that you are offering. And I believe there are these like, three distinct stages of um, communication. When you are starting, let's say you are launching a new app or game, you can start with very basic type of ads, rational ads, let's call them, uh, for example, this way. It's like gameplay. It's showing the product uh, in action. So just like demonstrating uh, what you're offering, sort of demo. That will serve its purpose for some time. But then you will see it is not working anymore. Uh, the the early adopters segment is exploited and you have to add something on top of that. So you start with a bit of emotions, be it some catchy openers, 3D elements, stuff like that to enhance Mm -hmm. uh, the impression. But again, at some point, this is not enough. And then you are moving to the last stage where you have to incorporate some sort of like storytelling where when you have to really bring something uh, that giving the true reason and create some emotional and deep connection with the consumer. And that's probably the closest to classic TV commercials that are 28 seconds out of 30 uh, telling you a story and only in the last pack shot the product is revealed. So that's you know uh, the structure of classic TV ad. But I believe that uh, the mobile advertising space is actually getting closer to this uh, because we have to bring something new to the consumer to give them reason to pay attention to our product and service.
1: So do you think then that sort of narrative storytelling as a mobile user acquisition strategy is, is going to be a hot topic this year because of the evolution of the App Store and the fact that we've now gotten to a very mature point in the App Store? Or is it more that it's, it's also, or maybe it's, it's both combined, that a specific app in its evolution needs to use storytelling at a specific time. (laughs) Does that make Uh, sense?
0: Well, Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it's both, you know, it's the market and it's also the product life cycle. And of course, you know, there are uh, products uh, that jump straight to stage three. Uh, You are based in Tel Aviv, right? So Raid Shadow Legends is actually a game from Israel. They started immediately or Generally, it looks they start immediately with, uh, you know, stories, uh, the sketches and uh, 3D characters from the game uh, interacting with uh, players in their ads. So you can see big publishers already have noticed that this is the way to go. This is the way to build a brand and uh, really be different. And at the same time even if you are starting with smaller budget than Rachel Legends you'll eventually end up in the same spot
1: Got it so it can even act as sort of a hack if you will, if you will to, to sort of advance your marketing strategy a couple of stages or jump forward leapfrog those initial stages of getting the early adopters and go straight into uh, uh, into a narrative based marketing strategy.
0: Yeah I believe so And especially if you have um, experience in certain genre, uh, you are confident that the game you are bringing to the market is really high potential, then I believe it's worth taking this risk and just directly go for this like, bolder approach. If you are a small developer who needs to verify uh, the market fit, um, further develop the game, uh, and actually um, come to the point when this is a reasonable investment, uh, then, of course, you have to go step by step.
1: Sure, I think that you know Raid Legends. I don't classify myself as a gamer by any by any stretch of the word. I think actually my wife does more gaming than I do, which is probably a slight anomaly in, mm-hmm. uh, in most households. Well, but you know Raid no, Legends. Not, not really. No. Is it maybe it's the, is it the same <laughs> in no, your house?
0: Uh, not, not really. It's not like my, my case. But I recently saw a statistic that fifty seven percent of mobile gamers are female. Which was shocking to me. I would say it's sixty forty in favor of men, but actually, uh, your wife is not an exception.
1: There you go. So I, I would I would have said about the same as you, sixty forty in favor of men. Um, but way. it's good to it's good to know that uh, the statistic is actually roughly switched. And when I look at Raid Legends, you know, I can I can see the narrative, right? I mean, I've seen a couple of their commercials. They had one with uh, uh, I can't remember his name from Jurassic Park. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, they've, they've done a really good job of that. And you know I could probably pick out a couple of ideas that, that indicate what a strong narrative looks like. But I'm curious to get your take on that. How do you think an, an app developer today can build a stronger narrative to help, to help themselves stand out?
0: Hmm. You know what? I strongly believe that uh, this starts even before writing the first line of code. Uh, because of the massive competition you've mentioned on the beginning of our chat, uh, you as a developer, game designer, or product manager should define why your product exists, how it's different, uh, why should people care and invest their time, and also to understand your audience or the future audience and their motivators. Because then marketers can uh, take you know, this product vision and audience insights and create a compelling, unique selling proposition. And that's, for me, the core of everything that follows. Then you are developing the brand around it. Once you have the brand, you are developing more elaborative narrative, uh, because the narrative is pretty much uh, like what I'm saying, and the brand is who I am. You know? So it's very connected together, and it needs to be in line so it's consistent and easy to understand for the consumer. So this all should start very early on by analyzing the market market trends the competition and defining what do you want to bring to the party what's the like key reason why you should exist and then you are developing these layers on top of that until the point when you get to the narrative thing
1: So I I'm I've come from a marketing background uh, I've I've worked in a, in a bunch of different industries but you, luckily, come from a developer background in as much as you, you sort of worked in that field. I don't know if you wrote code or, or, or how involved you were really on the technical side. But do you think that's something that comes naturally to, to somebody who's sort of starting into that world? Because doing those branding mm-hmm. exercises and those marketing exercises so early, I guess it really or it feels to me like it would depend a lot on who your founder team is, wouldn't it?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, very much, as you said, it's connected to the personality of the founder. Uh, We are working with uh, founders that are like technically oriented. And uh, that's probably the type of the founder first from things we're discussing today. Then people who are former product managers, and uh, they already understand this um, positioning thing and this kind of stuff. And they have it in mind, uh, even though they are not marketers, because they understand the product has to bring something unique. Uh, and then of course, people who are more like business oriented. And in their case, uh, this is usually how they start. Uh, I actually believe that if you are um, skipping this stage, uh, then it could become very difficult later on. You even might realize that you are sort of like me too product. And no matter how amazing marketing team you have, it will be very difficult to persuade consumers to pay attention to your product. And it's not like that you build something and then marketers come and they make a magic. Uh, it's not like that. It needs to be baked in in the product itself. So uh, that's why I'm very often starting conversations with our potential clients about these like basics. Why you start it? Uh, What's your vision? Uh, Where this whole thing is heading in the future? And I try to get back to the roots and uh, if it's not in place already, then to build uh, the understanding of uh, what we call brand and eventually narrative together with the developer so the creative team afterwards can jump on something tangible and they can come up with ideas that are matching the whole idea and vision of the developer.
1: So I I, I wanna I want to jump to that part then because you talked there about connecting the creative with the brand and the narrative that you've built with the with the developer. And mm-hmm. I know that you also I think you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about the sort of the connection or the fluidity between user acquisition and app store optimization. Can you make yes. that connection for me? How do you connect those three dots creative, brand narrative and u a a s o
0: Yeah, sure. So um, the, the brand is actually the core. Like, even if you are not actively developing a brand, you have some. Uh, and it's created by uh, how the product looks like, how it feels, uh, what you are posting on social media, but even what your founder is uh, uh, saying on a TV show, for example. All of these pieces... <laughs> create some impression. and This impression is basically a brand. So this is important to accept uh, because you either uh, develop a brand by coincidence or you're actively nurturing your image and how you want to be perceived. So that's uh, one step. The second is that based on this foundation, uh, all the Pieces of pieces of communication, be it, you know, a post on Instagram or uh, your store listing or the splash screen in the app or the ad on Facebook should speak the same language. And that's because from the consumer standpoint, they will see a couple of these things on their journey, something here, something there, maybe two, three touch points in case of some, uh, let's say, services, let's say, uh, Uh, some travel service, maybe they will see it 10 times before they make a purchase decision. But they are building sort of like mental image of who you are, what you can bring to their life, how you can be beneficial to them. And therefore, this consistency is vital. If there's uh, some discrepancy, imagine that I see um, let's say headspace on Instagram, some ad uh, that appears in my uh, feed then the other day uh, I somehow end up on their uh, Instagram page and I see some posts they've, they've uh, released recently and uh, then when it's November, dark outside I feel depressed it somehow clicks and I'm uh, searching for something that might help resolve my sort of anxiety and uh, then I end up searching for meditation stuff like that so I see something in search results, I maybe end up on their web page. And then only I go to the store and decide to install the app and become their customer eventually. This needs to be really consistent because with discrepancies I'm confused as a con- consumer. I won't understand what this particular product will bring to my life. And I will probably leave and maybe install Calm instead. You know. So the brand plays the role of sort of like glue that connects all the things. So from the consumer standpoint, it's always the same message. Think of Coca-Cola. It's the logo, it's the shape of the bottle, it's the color red, and at the same time, it's refreshment and friendliness, probably. These are the keywords that you feel when you see a bottle of Coke or an ad of Coke. And it's always the same for decades. It speaks the same language and tells you the same message. And there's a reason for it.
1: So if we get into then best practices, you know, I want to take that Coke example. When you're talking about color, you're talking about font, you're talking about the bottle shape. So really, when you're talking about that creative language, you're, you're talking about everything, right? That's, that's the actual language that they're using, right? the words, uh, the phrasings that they might use. It's also, the, I guess, the color schemes. The fonts mm-hmm. that they're using do you have some some specific best practices on 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 what those those building blocks are of consistency and narrative
0: mm-hmm. sure so uh because we're in mobile it's a uh, fast paced industry then uh we are keeping a simple approach and there's a couple of things that we want to have in place before we move to ideation stage so we always uh, want to have clarity with uh, our partners on unique selling proposition. So this one sentence, why should people care, and then three to five key messages. So sort of like support to this USP, uh, the, like, um, how you defend this USP or why it's like meaningful. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then we want to understand what are the motivators of the audience, because that brings us to um, the tonality, uh, which keywords we have to highlight, and uh, generally, like, how to uh, lead the conversation with the consumer. And then on the practical uh, side of things, it's uh, brand manual, which typically consists of um, logo, color scheme, fonts. Uh, some basic design rules. And the more the brand is sophisticated, the more complex these rules are. I'll give you an example. We have recently worked for uh, a game uh, that's um, using Warhammer IP. And they've sent us over seven uh, decks, each 50 slides um, long. And we have to study everything in detail, including stuff like how the reflections on an armor of some warrior should look like like wow. this level of detail. So that's, you know, the super sophisticated IP and, uh, and brand that we have to keep in mind when working on their ads. If you are a startup, you probably have only a few of these things, but we try to really help to fill those gaps. If um, this newly founded startup hasn't everything in place when we got uh, in touch, then we try to make it clear and therefore uh, align on these fundamentals that will be then reflected in, in each and every ad or screenshot or whatever else you will produce together.
1: I want to jump on something that you said there. I think that, that there's, there's a lot there that people can take home and make sure that they're working on. And one of the things that you said there was understanding the user motivation. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit more about how publishers can leverage analysis of user, user motivation and where they can do that, how they can best do it, and how they can apply it to optimize their brand strategy.
0: Hmm. Uh, I believe this is one of the best ways to make your messaging, your ads relevant, that you understand what drives people. And um, we are using this Predominantly for games, uh, because there the motivators are a bit more like hidden. If you, for example, have a fitness app, then you can easily define uh, just yeah. by reading great news in the store what drives people. It's not a rocket science. For games, it's more complicated and if, for example, like uh, game refineries, uh, motivators or Quantic Foundry that helps uh, um, marketers, but also product designers to understand for which segment uh, the game is uh, uh, the most appealing. And these motivations are uh, various. For example, uh, just to set the stage for our listeners, it could be uh, the the need of social interactions, or domination, or outsmarting the others. And if you understand uh, what the motivation is on the consumer side, Early on, you can even build the game around it. You can really keep it in mind while developing the core game loop and uh, meta, etc. Later on, this serves um, greatly when developing ads. Uh, because if you have this s- specific motivator in mind that basically defines the concept, how to visualize that in Clash of Clans, you are dominating by partnering with other uh, players. Like this like team domination that's you know what makes people the most excited or when you are into some strategy games it could be creation building like this feeling of uh, developing something new from nothing and then all your concepts uh, should be somehow connected to this core motivation and then it will really click nicely with the audience so that's I believe uh, you should approach concepting today uh, because it increases chances that you will really make people excited about what you are telling them.
1: That's fascinating. That's it. really goes to the heart of the connection of between psychology and marketing, which obviously are, are, they always go hand in hand, but I don't, I don't know that I've, that I've heard it so clearly described as, you know, linking the user motivation in a game to the entirety of the creative. I asked you actually, about
0: just just one uh, thing. To yeah. this, we actually uh, like use this um, for both ads and store sets, and uh, very often uh, we have like I will call it branches uh, because for Clash of Clans there is a motivation, this domination, for example, but also at the same time the uh, the need of feeling of being some. Part of a community or a team, you know, so you can actually have like different branches that you are exploring, and by that, you are actually uh, broadening your target audience because there might be players who are really into uh, being uh, in a group of other players who are like minded and who want to collaborate together, and at the same time, you can attract another segment of users that's really uh, this like macho type of player who wants to be the very best no matter how much it will cost. you know. So this is also the way how to get the game to more players, because you will play on more nodes, so to say.
1: And then really not only to, to new segments, perhaps, but also to increase your user acquisition reach, because you're able to personalize based on those user motivations. Is that right?
0: Yes, exactly. And I believe there's even a framework uh, by Facebook on that. Uh, it's um, Blue something. I can even uh, share the link uh, that you can then put in uh, uh, the notes of the show. show, uh, But it's actually a strategy Facebook released, I don't know, a year ago, as a recommendation to UA managers, and it's heavily connected to motivators.
1: Very interesting. I asked you previously about best practices for something. So I want to flip that question on its head. And when we're talking about user motivations and how to leverage that, what are some of the biggest mistakes? that you have seen in the past about connecting motivations to narrative and creatives?
0: So first and foremost, not using motivators at all, Uh, just seeing uh, your users or players or uh, customers uh, as numbers in your analytics or some sort of spreadsheet. So I think it all starts with, uh, digging deep into your audience, asking good questions, and even being ready to meet them face to face or uh, jumping on a video call and asking them all these whys to understand what's the true reason uh, and then using it uh, for the product development as well as marketing. Uh, then I would say this inconsistency uh, because that can create a lot of mess and uh, it will cost you a lot of money if you are... Uh, you know, speaking, let's say, different language and sending different messages, Uh, you would lose this synergy that otherwise uh, will uh, play in your favor. And then this example of Coca-Cola, clarity. Coca-Cola is all about refreshment and friendship. And I think, you know, this simplicity and clarity over time is uh, what many teams miss because they have this FOMO. Uh, that they see this trend, you know, this fake ad and that approach and, you know, this high performing ad and they just go and copy. But at the end of the day, using this strategy, they will become me too product. And, you know, who cares about me too products?
1: Fascinating. I think that, you know, what, if, if we just cut that last minute, there's, uh, there's so much value in there for marketers today to take home and really apply to their strategies. Peter, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sold on, uh, on narrative marketing. I think uh, you've made a great case for why narrative is going to be very, very important this year and, and certainly into the future. I want to close our conversation by asking the same question I ask of all our guests. And that is, what's the most out-of-the-box marketing you've seen or been a part of?
0: Great question. Um, Maybe this one. Uh, We are running internal sessions called Creative Sparks, and that's uh, where the creative team summarizes the best performing and most creative ads uh, for the past month. And we always have this section uh, that's going beyond mobile marketing. And uh, last Friday, Anya spoke about Oatly. Uh, do you know this brand? Have you heard about them? Yeah. Yeah. So Oatly, for those who uh, aren't aware of uh, what's, uh, what the product, what's, what's the brand about, um, it's um, oat milk. And um, this is uh, actually one of the most inspiring brands in general, uh, how they communicate, uh, which uh, like brand they have built over time. It's you know, so inspirational. It's like funny, quirky, very bold and situational. And uh, I would recommend our listeners to Google Oatly Slush, because two years ago, I guess it was two years ago, I listened to their chief creative, chief creative officer, John Schoolcraft, on how to crack consumer marketing without a marketing team. And there are such great examples of how to do big moves with little budget and win consumers' hearts that you'll be inspired for the rest of your lifetime.
1: Amazing. Well, I'll definitely be checking that out uh, uh, shortly. Peter, thank you very much for your time, for coming on the show. It's been an insightful conversation.
0: Thanks for having me and have a wonderful day.
1: You too.